Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. We are in a new series called How Not to Be a Jerk, Lessons Learned in Quarantine. How Not to Be a Jerk, Lessons Learned in Quarantine. And sometimes, man, this is hard. This is really hard. And this, this series was birthed out of when we were all in like serious lockdown. And some of you remember that, right? Um, you kind of stayed home and you just were like stuck with your crew and with your people. And um, there was just not a lot to do. And you kind of drove each other crazy a little bit, right? And some of you are like, no, we didn't get on each other's nerves. That's what the person that was getting on everybody's nerves says. Um, you know, we, we were great. And, and so when, we, when the series started coming around, um, I sat down with um, Casey, my wife, Charlie, my oldest, and Chloe, my youngest. I said, okay, um, you know, we're going to do a series called How Not to Be a Jerk, Lessons from Quarantine. How was, how was I difficult? You know, because I don't want to say I'm a jerk, right? Because who wants to say that? But how was I a jerk? How was I, what did I do that was kind of a jerk? And I mean, they let it roll. This could be a whole year series of like, you did this, dad, and hey, dad, remember this? And then they'd start making fun of me like, yeah, blah, blah. and I was like, okay, shut up, kids. You know, I'm just like, um, it was, so this, this lesson, this series is really birthed out of some personal moments. So you're going to get to see just how big of a mess your pastor is, how much of a big mess he still is, and that God is still in the process of working on me. And today I want to talk to you about what do you do, how do you handle life when life doesn't go how you planned, right? When, when life doesn't go as you strategized and you dreamed and you thought it would go. Now, um, we try to do a lot of different creative elements here at Foundation Church, and most of the time when we do stuff, um, it goes over really, really well. But I've heard people listen to your, your, your successes, but they relate to your failures. So today is going to be a lot of me sharing my failures with you today. I mean, you're going to be like, man, yeah, you're my bro, Justin. Um, so it'll be really good. Um, but about three years ago on a Father's Day, we decided that we were going to do this really cool moment for Father's Day and just take it over the top extreme. And some of you will remember this moment. Um, we decided that our band would do Eye of the Tiger to open like right before I preach and that there would be a flame that we light 
And the idea was that the flame would be like six to eight feet tall. I mean, that it was just going to be like, whoa, and just be like, boom, I the tiger, extreme, we're men, boom, you know, like amazing. And so the problem wasn't that the band didn't do a good job with the song. Um, they got up and did the, <laughs> did the song, but when we lit the flame, the flame was maybe a foot high. Um, <laughs> and so people were like, well, that's kind of weird. Why are we doing candlelight? service while the tiger's happening. Like, like most people didn't even see it. Like if you weren't on the front, you were you couldn't even see it. And you were like, why did they do eye of the tiger? And there was like, was there, was there fire or was there not? And like, oh, I must've missed the fire. And it just, it was, it was flat. It was a disaster. We still make fun of it in staff meeting all the time. Anytime we're like, Hey, father's day's coming up. And, and so dads, here's what we've decided after that. We're just going to do donuts. We're just going to do donuts for dads, and we're just going to make sure that we make our dads happy and fat, fat and happy, and um, just make sure that we sugar you up and give you something. But, um, you know, sometimes things and situations and circumstances don't go the way you thought they were going to go. And I think that couldn't be more true of the life we've experienced for the last few months. You know, it's just not going like you and I thought it would be going. I have a nephew and a niece. My nephew graduated high school. Uh, My niece graduated college. And man, their graduation didn't go anything like what they thought it was going to go. There was no prom. There was no, like if your kid played soccer for school, they didn't get to play soccer. They didn't get to play baseball for school. They didn't get to do track. Man, that, that, and, and you had, your kid had their heart set on it and had planned for this moment. And yet, what do you do when life doesn't go your way? Some of us, we weren't planning on we were not mentally prepared to be around our kids as much as we're around our kids since March, right? And you're just like, I, I wasn't mentally prepared. I needed my month and a half still to get my life ready for my kids to be around. And, and you know, I just, I just wasn't there. I wasn't fully, fully prepared. And like, if I'm a kid and I'm in like mid-high elementary, even high school, but it's not my senior year, I'm like, this is the greatest year ever. And I know all the educators are like, it's not summer break. Can I tell you, those kids are like, I've been on summer break since spring break. This is the greatest six months of summer I've ever had, ever, 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 right? They're doing great with the unexpected, but parents are like, oh no, summer for six months? Are you kidding me right now, right? What do you do? What do you do when finances don't look the way you thought they would look? When your relationships don't look like you were planning and envisioning them to look. The Bible's full of different places and different people that struggled with unexpected moments, that struggled with dealing with things they weren't planning on dealing with. And today I want to talk to us out of the book of Joshua. Um, and, and, and let me give you a little feedback on Joshua and who Joshua 
is Joshua is one of my favorite people in the Bible. He is the leader that follows Moses. And what I love about Joshua is that Joshua doesn't have this big uh-oh moment. Um, he lived life with integrity. He led the, the children of Israel, the Israelites, really, really well. He led his family really, really well. And didn't he have this, uh, uh, just this lapse of judgment moment? He led really, really well. But that doesn't mean that Joshua didn't have moments of dealing with life when he wasn't expecting it. Here's the big challenge for Joshua is that Josh had to follow Mo, Moses, right? So Moses is there. And so if you can imagine following the best leader that has ever lived on the face of the planet, that is Moses. That's Mo at the moment, right? And Moses is the one, you guys know who Moses is. I don't have time to explain the whole Bible. We'll be here till one in the morning. Um, but Moses is the one that led the Israelites, did all these crazy, incredible things. And Joshua is his apprentice, and Joshua is the one that, that Moses has picked and that the Lord has picked to be the next leader of Israel. And he is going to lead the Israelites into taking possession of the promised land. Moses took them out of Egypt, but it wasn't Moses's job at that moment because of things that happened in the desert, which is a whole other message. But he forfeited his, his, his leadership to lead them to possess the land. That was reserved for Joshua. So Joshua gets to by Moses, and he starts leading the Israelites, and when he gets ready to lead, the very beginning of Joshua, the Lord tells Joshua to be courageous and bold. Be courageous and bold. I'm with you, so be courageous and bold. And he keeps saying it over and over and over, so that Joshua hopefully got it. And so Joshua's first kind of charge as the new leader is to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River. The problem is the Jordan River is full, and just like they cross the Red Sea, Joshua listens, and he has a priest step in with the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, and when they step in, the waters part. All the nation of Israel crosses the Jordan on dry land. They set up this place, and they set up these altars, a place where they'll remember what the Lord did. Great message that we don't have time to talk about. Um, and then the second part was this. So, so, so things are going good for Joe right now, right? Like, Joe's doing well. I mean, we'll call him Josh. Josh is doing well right now, and, and, and he's leading well. And now the second phase of this is to actually start taking possession of the land that God has for the Israelites. And the first city that they come to conquer is Jericho. Some of you know Jericho. You know the stories. It's walled. It's fortified. There's no way that the Israelites are going to defeat this city on their own because it's just too well fortified. The walls are, are huge, so there's, there's no way for them to enter into the city and to conquer the city. And so the Lord tells the Israelites to march around the city for seven days. And on the seventh day, the walls will come tumbling down, and there's a whole lot more to the story. But sure enough, that's what happens. And, and Joshua and the Israelites march around. They go for seven days. Boom. Walls come tumbling down. They invade. They take over Jericho, and things are popping. Like the people are like, all right, Josh, I got you. I see you. I, you're the man, Josh. I got you. And, and there's this great verse right after everything that happens in Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. It says, so the Lord was with Joshua. And check this part out and his fame spread throughout the land. This is before social media. This is before Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Can you imagine if they would have had Instagram and Facebook and Twitter back in biblical times, like Joe's taking a selfie with the walls down? Like, you know, this would have been, this would have been great. But 
his fame. I mean, Joshua is the man, and things are going like like God told him it was going to go. Be bold, be courageous. I'm with you. I'm going before you. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to go good. And then we pick up in chapter 7. And Joshua has this AI moment. And, and, and so Joshua chapter 7, verse 2 through 6, says this. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to AI, which is near beth Aven, to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And when they returned Josh, to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it and do not weary the whole army for only a few people live there. Let me explain what's going on. If you're a football fan, especially college football, if you think of the early season of college football, what is happening is Alabama is playing East Central Arkansas State University, right? There's just no reason for, for Alabama to roll its first string out there. The third string of Alabama is going to whip this team. That's exactly what these guys are telling Joshua. This city is small. This city's no problem. Just send the B team. Man, forget that. Send the C team. We got this. No problem. Send two or 3,000 men to take care of it, and don't worry the whole army, for only a few people live there. Verse 4, so about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai. And at this, verse 5, at this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. Verse 5 is so telling. If you guys can go back to verse 5 real quick. It says this, at this, at, at the first sign of something not going the way they expected it to go, at not going the way they had planned and the way they had envisioned it. It says, at this, the heart of the people, the nation of Israel melted in fear and became like water. How do you, how do I respond when you're dealing with unexpected moments? When you're dealing with things you weren't expecting to happen, when you're dealing with setbacks, how do you respond when it comes to your AI moment? Because Jerichos are great to deal with. But what do you do when you have an AI, when you have a setback? Because here's what I've come to understand. One of the lessons and one of the things I want you to know today, because this is huge, there are moments when the process doesn't look like the promise. There's moments when the process and the present situation you find yourself in doesn't look anything like the promise you received from the Lord. I don't know how many of you have Legos at your house. Um, let me tell you this. I hate Legos. These are of the devil. I don't like them. Um, I, I just like, they're stupid, stupid toys. I don't understand this. And I've never... I. Truth be told, I had never bought Legos. Like our girls have some that they got bought for their birthday. I have never bought a thing of Legos until Friday when I bought them for this moment right here and now. Bro, these things are expensive. 
Like, if you got a bunch of Legos at your house, I want to know you because you are rich. I'm like, brah, you got time. Like, I view rich people in a new way. Oh, they got a bunch of Legos, I bet, right? Like, ah, oh, they live in that house. They got a lot of Legos, right? That, that's it. And, and I don't, there, there's several reasons I don't like this. First off, they're expensive. Second off, if you leave one out and it's on the floor and you're barefoot and you step on one, you're going to speak in tongues. I mean, it's just going to take you to another level. It hurts so bad. You're like, why God? Why? You know, you're struggling with an unexpected moment. Um, you know, you, the third thing is this. I don't want an engineer degree. I don't want to have to have an engineer degree to have to put something together. This thing is dumb. Like, it's just dumb. I'm like, why, 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 why are there so many steps? And if I miss one little step, then it throws everything off. That's not a toy. That's not, no. Give me a He-Man figure in a wrestling ring, and I will make things up. But this, this is not a toy. And you pull stuff out of here, and you've got two manuals for this little box. And here's the thing, right? So it's, it's not just that it's a manual with cool pictures. Bro, there are 108 steps. Are you kidding me with this right now? 108 steps, and once you get the 108 steps done, you go to the next one that has 35 steps for a stupid motor. This is not a toy. This is not a toy. Not a toy. Not a toy. Right? This is like a model airplanes that you used to glue together. Who did that? You know, nerd alert. I'm just saying. Oh, I love model airplanes. Yeah, you got picked on a lot as a kid. Anyways, um, here, here's all of you that, that know anything about Legos. It's all packaged together so that what is on the box can become a reality. But here's what is a nightmare for all of you parents. If you walk into your kid's room and the Legos look like this, right? You're like, no, what did you just do, Graves? Like some of you, you're not going to be able to focus for the rest of this service because just what happened, you're having a small panic attack. Here's the good news. You don't have to clean this up. Fish does. No, I'm just playing. I'm, you are like, what, what, why, why? You're, you're never, never going to make it look like this because it's all out like this. And for some of us, this is what our life looks like. Right? For some of us, we know what God said. We know the promise that he spoke to us. And yet our life, man, we thought there's a picture that we had in mind of what it would look like. We had a picture and a dream of what life would be like, and yet the process that we find ourselves in right now, it feels like this. And the process looks nothing like the dream. What do you do when your present situation looks nothing like what was promised when you started this thing? What, what do you do when you feel like where you are presently and where the process is, isn't in, you are having your AI moment. And there's a setback that you're having to deal with and you don't know what to do. Because hear me, there's moments that the process looks nothing like the promise. And Joshua had a reaction. And Israelites, as we just read, 
had a reaction. And it's found immediately after Joshua chapter 7, verse 6 through 9. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. And the elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. This is how they mourn. And Joshua said, alas, now let me stop here. If you ever start a sentence with alas, you have either become Gandalf off of the Lord of the Rings or you are in a bad place. Like, alas, Lord, right? Like, alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites just to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What, what can I say now? Now that Israel has been routed by its enemies, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? There's a couple of reactions Joshua has. There's a couple of reactions that I have. You would never do these things, but me and Josh, this is what we do. When things we weren't expecting starts to become the reality of our life. And the first one was this, you want to give up sometimes. Right? Well, if this is the way, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Get that out of here, Graves. I'm not doing this, right? Like, my, my, my family loves puzzles. I thought I loved puzzles until they do adult puzzles. I like kid puzzles. I like 50-piece puzzles, right? Like the ones with Bugs Bunny and the Pink Panther on it. Like, give me those. Um, my wife and kids like 1,000-piece to 5,000-piece puzzles. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? It takes 10 minutes to find one piece to go into one place. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. Like I've sat down, I'm like, I'm in, right? I'm in. And I'll sit there in 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm, this is dumb. This is, why would you do this? I'm out, right? I'm like throwing puzzles. I'm like, ah, oh, this is so stupid. I don't want to do this. I just would give it. And that's where some of us are when it comes to life. When life looks like this, a lot of times we want to give up. That's what Joshua says. He says, alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. And when you attempt to do something that you've never done before, there's going to be unexpected moments you were never expecting in the first place. And you and I, We've got to understand the process may not look like it, but are you going to give up? Because that's where a lot of us are. I'm just, I'm just going to give up. I'm not even going to try anymore. I've tried, but I just must not, I just must not be for me. I just must not have it in me. Second thing is that we get fearful and embarrassed. We get fearful and we get embarrassed. Joshua 7, 5 through 6, at this, the heart of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there until evening. They have, they have one setback of AI, right? Jericho has just happened. They just crossed the Jordan River. Jericho had just happened, and they have the setback that we know as AI, and they lose their mind. 
And they're like, oh, 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 that was it. What have we done? Their hearts melt with fear like what? I mean, they're just, they're no longer solid. They're no longer on solid footing. They don't know what they're going to do. God has abandoned us. We're never going to make it. We're going to get destroyed by the Amorites. And they start playing the what if games. And they let what if totally wreak havoc on what is. Because that's what fear does. They let what if wreak havoc on what is. And some of us, when things don't go right, we start thinking, well, my, my, what if this never becomes the reality of my life? What if, what, if, what if God isn't going to do what he told me he was gonna do? What if, what if my current situation, there's no coming back from this and we allow fear to dictate. But, but we know this, and we know what the Word of God says, that the Word that God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. And for some of us, since this whole COVID-19 thing started, you have not had a mind of sound, uh, you haven't had a sound mind, which means a mind at peace. You've had a mind that is fo- totally focused on what might happen instead of who is with you in all that God has done. And there's a big difference. Hear me, as your pastor today, there's a big difference between being cautious and being fearful. There's a huge, it's a whole different chasm. The way I've been explaining it is this way. If you get on a bike, being cautious is putting the helmet on. Being fearful is refusing to get on the bike in the first place because you might break a limb. It might not work out. And some of you, you have stopped doing what God called you to do because the process didn't look like the promise. And so it might not work out. That's not being cautious. That's being fearful. And you're letting the what ifs dictate the what is. The other thing is we get embarrassed. We get embarrassed. Nobody likes to be embarrassed. Joshua said this in verse 9, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Listen to this. It says the other people of the country will hear about this. What is Joshua talking about? About their failure in AI. His fame was spreading all across the world and all across the area. And Joshua's like, what will other people think? We, he was embarrassed. What, 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 we fell flat on our face. This, 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 what if people hear what my life looks like and my relationships look like and what my finances look like? And they're going to be like, well, shouldn't they have known better? And shouldn't they have planned better with their finances? And shouldn't they have already done this or done that? And we become a slave to what other people think because we don't want to be embarrassed. When we decided to start Foundation Church, I will tell you, when I worked at Starbucks full-time, and people came into Starbucks that I knew from being their youth pastor or being at a, on staff at another church here in Tulsa before I went to Oklahoma City just to come back to start a church in Tulsa. It's confusing. I'll catch up on the story later. But um, it, it's when people came in that I knew, honestly, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Can I tell you? Because the process looked nothing like the promise that God spoke to my heart. And it's not that it didn't look like 
the promise am I, to other people. Well, he's just working at Starbucks. Good luck on your church, Justin. You know, God bless you with your little work. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, God bless your little work, right? Like, shut up. And it was just embarrassing. Sometimes the process doesn't look like a promise. The other thing is this, is that we get angry. We get angry. I have no doubt Joshua was angry. No, pardon your servant if I, you know, if I bring this to your attention, God, pardon your servant for just a moment. This is where I struggle. Uh, when, when it, Legos, perfect example. I'm not doing that. This is trash. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Like you miss one step in this for real. You miss one step in this and it throws it all off. Are you kidding me right now? Like you miss step five and step seven. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it because you missed one block in step five and it's throwing the whole thing off. No, like I just get mad. Sometimes that's what happens. We get angry. How could God let this happen? This was a good thing. God's the one that instructed me to do this. He's the one that called me to go do the promised land. We just did Jericho. And the next thing was AI. And the reason we lost wasn't even my fault. It was because of this sorry sucker named Achan. If you know the Bible, it was his fault, right? It wasn't Joshua's fault. It was Achan's fault, his sin. And it cost us the defeat. And and are you kidding? No, no. Are you for real right now? And we let AI become a place where the unexpected happens, and what happens is we started acting and reacting in ways we weren't expecting. This was made very known to me during our first service at our drive-in church service, and some of you were there. You know where I'm going with this already. Our first drive-in church service, man, we had this awesome idea that we would host a church service, we would record it here, and we would put the church service up on the screen. Everybody could be quarantined in their car. You could do church, though. It was really cool, really awesome. And the news teams were coming out, and they were interviewing us, and we were on the news. Tulsa World was out covering us. They were out there the night of the event. Our, our you know, our Facebook, our, 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 Social media was like fire at that week, and people were inviting people, and people were showing up, and there was all this excitement. What a great creative way to do this, and we had already filmed the service, and man, Seth, our creative director, had a Blu-ray, and he had a black backup Blu-ray in case the first Blu-ray didn't work, and then we had a flash drive with service on it in case both Blu-rays didn't work, so we had three backup plans, okay? Three backup plans, And if you were at the drive-in service that first night, you know exactly what happened. We start service off, and, you know, it's going, everybody's excited, and worship goes, and it's going, and it's going, and Chet is singing worship song, and he's playing, he's singing like an angel, and he's going, and boom, it just freezes. And I'm like, what the heck, Seth? You know, that's what's going through my mind. Seth, Seth, we've got news crews, we've got people here bro, where are we at? And he's like, I've got the black backup Blu-ray in right now. And I'm like, okay, okay. So he gets going and there's nothing. There's nothing. The equipment just stopped working at the Admiral Twin. 
So we, I'm like, hey, I, I start, everybody, and at this moment, this is what I love. At this moment, everybody looks at me like, what, what, what's happening? I'm like, I've got no clue what's happening. Like, what are you talking about? What's happening? What I know isn't happening is we aren't having church service right now, and there's nothing on the screen. And so um, I beeline it back to where they, the, the projector is and where Seth is. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, man, their equipment's not working. Um, we did all the precautions we need to do. So we started putting in the flash drive in the computer. The problem is this. I think that computer was like the first IBM that was ever made because it filled like the whole room up. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I'm like, do they even have a place for a flash drive? And so they plug the flash drive in and it starts loading the service like bar, half a bar there. And I'm like, what? Do we have a mic? Do we have anything? And so I get on the mic right here. You can kind of see this picture for a second. It's the room I'm in, and I get on the mic, and, and just so you guys know, I get up there, and I'm like, I, I'm going to pray. And I get up to pray, and I prayed for 15 minutes. And some people were like, Justin, do you know you prayed for 15 minutes? I was like, bro, let me just be real honest. As your pastor, I was stalling in that moment. Like I was, I, I'm like, we got to buy some time to see if this flash drive will work. And the flash drive never came around. And Seth's like, nope. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I just happened to have my phone on me. And my phone's font, I'm too old now. I can't see all that's on the, the page document. So I'm having to zoom in on the scripture because that's pretty important that I get right, right? And I'm just like, well, here we go. And in that moment, in that moment, I got to tell you, I was so mad. I wasn't mad at Seth. I was mad that it looked like this, right? Because it was a good thing. It was a good dream. It was a good thought. It was a good cause. And I'm hacked off. I am embarrassed because Fox 23 is there and other news places are there and they're covering it and like, well, so far there's not much happening. Shut up, right? Like, I know there's not much happening right now. I'm just like, we're working on it. You know, I, I'm embarrassed. I want to just be like, well, folks, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in that room right there and just be like, well, folks, you know what? We tried. Thanks for coming out. We'll try to fix this the next time. But here's what I learned and here's what I want to tell you about. What do you do when things don't go like you were expecting? What do you do when the process looks nothing like the promise? What do you do when it looks like this? You own the room. You own the room that you are in. You own the room that you find yourself in. That room that you saw the picture of, that room was tiny. It had no air conditioning. I couldn't hear anything because that projector is super loud. There was no windows to look at. I know that there was people out there honking and flashing their lights. I couldn't hear one horn honk. I couldn't hear lights flashing. There was no feedback for me. All I know was is this was not the room I was planning on. This was not the room I was expecting. This room wasn't fair. We had done everything that we should have done, and it should have looked different, and it 
should have been different. But you can give up and you can get mad and you can be embarrassed and you can become fearful and you can become angry or you can learn to own the room you're in. Hear me this morning, you may not like the room that you find yourself in. Maybe you thought you would be married. Maybe you didn't think you would be single. Maybe you thought your relationship life would look different. Maybe you thought your phase of life would look different. Maybe you thought your phase in the the present situation and the process that you would be in wouldn't look like this. You can complain about it. You can say how you wish it was different. You can talk about the good old days. Or by God, you can start learning to own the room that God has you in because there's still something to come out of it. Because what I can tell you is this. If you are faithful, he will make you fruitful where you're at. It may not look like what you thought it was going to look like. Man, this was not what I thought it was going to look like. This is not what I envisioned it looking like. And that's life. Sometimes the process doesn't look like the promise. But are you going to own the room you find yourself in? In Acts 16, it talks about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas have been going around and ministering In the process of the ministering, there was this girl that was a fortune teller, and she kept just bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And finally, Paul turns around and casts the demon out of the girl. And this is a slave girl, and her owner gets mad, gets upset, and takes him to the government officials. And the government officials decide to punish them and to whip them and to throw them into jail into an inner dungeon. And it says this in verse 25 of of chapter 16. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Paul and Silas didn't deserve to be in this room. They were doing a good thing. Some of you, that's the part you can't get past. Justin, I was doing a good, this one's not my fault. And sometimes you choose the circumstances and sometimes you don't choose the circumstances, but you always choose how you respond in those circumstances. And Paul and and Silas didn't choose this circumstance. This is the circumstance they find themselves in, but they decided that they were going to own two things. They were going to own the attitude they had and the choices they made in that moment. They chose to, they they owned the attitude. They were going to not sulk. They weren't going to pout, but they were going to start singing hymns. They were going to start having a worship service in the middle of the room they found themselves while they were chained, while they were in a and it says the others in that prison were listening to them. They made choices to worship. They made choices to have a good attitude. They made choices to be fruitful. They made choices to be faithful, even though the process didn't look like the promise. And what happened? It says all the chains came off the other prisoners and their faithfulness and their fruitfulness and their decision to own that room affected those 
those that were around them that they knew and they had no idea of. And what I can tell you is this. You may not like the room you're in. It may not be the room you picked. It may not be the room you prepared. It may be your fault. It may not be your fault. But if you will be fruitful and if you will be faithful and if you will own it instead of pouting about it, instead of being angry about it, instead of giving up in it, man, God will make you fruitful and he will use you in such a way that it will affect other people's lives. In that room that night, man, I just owned it and I preached and I preached and I preached as hard as I've ever preached in my entire life to a wall. I was sweating. I couldn't hear any good feedback. And I walked out of that room totally defeated, if I'm to be honest. And people were like, good job, man, good job. And everybody was super kind and super nice, but I felt absolutely just, we blew it. And yet, that night we had 17 people text the word response, signifying that they either made a first-time decision or recommitted their life to Jesus Christ for the first time ever. In the middle of things not looking the way we thought they were going to look, he still used it because we didn't give up, we didn't get mad, we owned where we were, and he blesses you when you own it. And the same thing is true for you, man. If you will continue to own the room, you can excuse why you haven't been fruitful, you can let AI disrupt the rest of your path and the rest of your journey and say, well, this doesn't look anything like this. Or you can own this moment, and you can own this moment of the process. No, it doesn't look like you planned. No, it doesn't look like anything on the box, but that's the way the creator of this universe knew that it was going to go, knew it was going to happen, and he is still doing something in you. I close with this, and it's found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And Paul, the author of this, has been shipwrecked. He's been stoned several times. And when I say stoned, not this kind of stone. I'm talking about people trying to kill him with rocks. Like, whoa, not, no, 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 no. He's been, they've been tried to kill him. He's been called names. He's been blasphemed. I mean, people have just ridiculed him. He's been shipwrecked. He's been thrown into jail. He's been bitten by a snake. Like, our pet's heads are falling off. Like, it's just going crazy, right? Like, are you kidding me? And he writes this verse to the church of Philippi from prison, and he says this, being confident, being sure of this, that he who began a Good work. Everybody say good. A good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of, I'm sure, Paul is writing this from prison. He's been shipwrecked, he's been almost killed. He's gone through persecution after persecution of the process not looking like what he thought the promise was going to look like. And he writes this to the church to encourage those and says, I am confident, I am sure of this, that he that began the good work, the good process in you will complete it. He's not done working in you. He's not done working in you. Don't let your AI moment become a defining moment, but realize God knows the mess. He sees it 
own it. Make them, man, the process may not look like the promise. But do you understand, I started looking at this, and this is the only service I get to share it because I'm, I'm way out of time, but I don't have another service after this. Do you know when you take the word process and promise, if you change two letters, right? The word process has all the letters you need it to become if you give two other letters to it to become the word promise. You're not that far away. Process is not that far away from becoming process. Process, excuse me, is not that far away from becoming promise. And what is true of a letter is true of your situation. You're not that far. He's still working in you. Stay faithful. Stay fruitful. Because he's not just doing a work. He's doing a good work. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I thank you that our mess, that our present situation, that the process doesn't surprise you. That it doesn't take you off guard even when it takes us off guard. But you see us. You know us. And God, you're still working that good work in us. Even when the process doesn't look like the promise. And so God, I pray for all of us here that maybe we're having an AI moment. God, we're... we're, we're We're going after what you asked us to go after, and yet it didn't turn out the way we thought. Life's relationships, finances, health, whatever it may be. Situation, circumstances, whatever it may be. Messes other people made, messes we made, whatever it may be. Lord, we're dealing with an AI moment. Lord, I pray that in this moment we would understand you're still doing a good work in us. You're still wanting to, you don't leave us halfway done, but you are wanting to complete the work in us. And Lord, our job in this moment, when we don't like where we are, when we didn't pick the room, whether we like the room or not, is to own the room. Is to be faithful in the room so that we can be fruitful in the room. And so, God, I pray for those of us that we're here today, and Lord, we want to quit and we want to get mad and we're embarrassed. We're fearful. We've got emotions going on that I haven't even covered. God, I pray that we would choose to respond in a way that makes us faithful and fruitful instead of fearful and doubtful. God, move in us. Use us. And let us realize it may not look like what we thought. We may not have been expecting it, but you see it and you know it and you're still working in us and through us to complete the good work that you want to do in our lives. Let us own the room. Let us own the mess. Let us own the moment. And let us stay faithful in the process. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you a chance to change that.
today you may be here and maybe where you're at isn't where you should be. You want to talk about owning the room? You want to talk about owning the moment? Maybe life has thrown you a curve and in the midst of it not looking like you thought, your relationship now doesn't look like it should with Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I need to make a change and I need to get my life right. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to invite you to raise your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me? Yeah. Yeah, is there anyone else you say, Justin, that's me today? There's some things I need to get right because where I'm at isn't where I should be. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? Yeah. Yeah, is there anyone else? If you'd raise your hand, if you'd please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess that I have sinned and messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.